welcome to the next episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler, sales guru par excellence. And uh, today we're going to talk about sales a little bit. We're going to talk about high performances. So we're going to talk about best practices and uh, discuss great ideas. So you're going to want to take notes uh, and you're going to want to stay around for the end because uh, as usual, I'll do my uh, my sales tip in the Ask Al segment at the end. But today we're really going to talk about, Simon says, let's talk high performance with our our guest today, Harper LaBelle. Welcome, Harper. Good to be with you, Al. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited because I'm a sports fan. Harper's a sports guy. Harper, you played tight end for Colorado State with 99 career receptions for over 1,000 yards to finish fourth on the school's all-time receiving list. Yeah, just outside the uh, podium, right? You get first, second, third, get the medal. I, wasn't I was standing that. right next to uh, those guys <laughs> where they were getting the good stuff. But you scored touchdowns, right? No, mm-hmm. I had no touchdowns had, in wait, 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 wait a minute. You none. Had, I had three in high school, but none. You had in, 99 in, career receptions. Yeah, how about none? that? Yeah. None for a, and I had one in the pros, so uh, add one more to that, and, and you the, get an even century mark, and none of them. Okay, let's talk about your pro zone. career. Drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. six seasons with the Falcons, yay, and also played for the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Bears, the Ravens, in ten years in the NFL. Awesome, and you had one touchdown. Uh, no, I had one catch. One catch in the NFL. Okay, Randall Cunningham. Uh, completed one pass. I have no drops, but I don't have any other catches. <laughs> well, there's going to be something, right? No drops. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It, there's, because there's only one, I can remember it. I know, I know uh, just about everything that happened on that particular play. Okay, but, so uh, so we're even because I had one home run in in slow pitch softball. Did you really? I did. Yeah. Left center, right center. Where where'd you go? Right field. You went. Left, to, you went away. I'm, outside. No, pitch? I'm a left hand. You're a lefty. Yeah. 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 You pulled it. I did. Do you know as soon as you hit it, no. it, this is gone? No, I did not. So you sprinted around first, and someone had to tell you before you hit second, hey, you can slow down. Slow dude. down now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never been here before. What do you do now? <laughs> yeah. I've seen it on TV. I guess you're supposed to do something. I don't know what it is. You slow down. That's <laughs> what you do. <laughs> That's what you do. Okay. Yeah, and you got to pump your chest and do a bunch yeah. of other stuff. That's what everybody does now, right? Okay, so when you had that one catch from Randall Cunningham, did you spike the ball and pound your chest? I did not. No. no? I got tackled at the two. Oh, wow. And uh, I caught it around the... 11? No, we, uh, it was a nine-yard catch, so we yeah. were at the 11. Okay. And uh, he had to scramble a little bit, and I was just in the right place at the right time where he, nice. he needed to get rid of the ball nice. before he was going to get sacked. And uh, Tim McDonald tackled me, oh, brought yeah. me down. Tim's okay. a, you know all-pro, and yeah. uh, I wasn't going to get out of his grasp. But I, I saw the end zone, and then I was down on the ground. There you were. <laughs> so I gave the ball to the official, and I got to stay in for the next play we scored. And, uh, you know, Heath Sherman was the guy on the team with the Eagles. That, uh, he yeah, got to spike remember the ball. Him? Okay. He spiked it, not me. But you made the key block to get him in there. They ran the other way. So, yeah, of course. I, I, I cleared the path for him, even though he went on the other side of the field in order to score. Well, you but, kept the backside defender from getting to him. That's exactly what okay, I did. That's that was, right. So no, not, my guy did not tackle him. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's a victory. You did great. Fish, fish stories get bigger and bigger every year, don't they? Just like sales stories. They can. Yeah. That, that, Absolutely. That prospect that had no chance and I won and all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, we're going to talk about that. I really do want to uh, talk about high performance because – as a world-class athlete, you of course had to endure uh, all those uh, all those all those training camps, 
right? You had to do all that off-season weightlifting, and uh, you had to do all that running, and you had to be in all those meetings where you watched film and you prepared, and you had to do all the work just so that you could play 60 minutes on Sunday. And you did that for 10 years. Absolutely. That's... uh there's a lot more to it, but yeah, you make it pretty simple. If that's all you had to do is just lift lift all them weights, as Bill Parcells would say on the sidelines. Oh yeah, this is why you lift all them weights um, <laughs> to get the playoffs, right? To get to uh, the next level, to get to a championship, to get to uh, being the best of the best. Yeah, um, that, that's a rare commodity. Not everybody has a Super Bowl ring. You know, everybody wants one, but it's uh, what what do you do to get that? Uh, and real quick, you mentioned high performance. Frank Gans is who I give credit to. Frank was a special teams coach with the Falcons. He'd been in the league for countless years. He was actually the head coach of the Chiefs after I was there. Okay. Um, but for, that's what Frank would call it. He goes, you're in the high performance business, gentlemen, and you have different expectations that are on you. And Frank would always relate stories, whether they be militaristic. His nickname was Crash. When he was in the Navy, uh, something happened to an airplane that he happened to be behind the, the wheels of, so to speak. Okay. And so uh, we'd call him Crash or every once in a while. But, but mostly it was Frank. But um, his determination to be able to share his, his knowledge of the world mm-hmm. and how the world works and to teach that into us being better football players and doing that in a way where you know, there, there's no one at a higher level than you are, so you're the high performance guys. Yes. And in high performance, you're, you're the you're you're the guys that help generate the revenue for the company. You're the ones that help us maintain our growth, and we need you to perform at a level that is maybe even higher than what you would expect of yourself. Yes. So, talking about it is is just one of the differences because a lot of guys would never talk about going to the Super Bowl I was on six teams here in Atlanta and only one of them ever said we've got a chance and they didn't even call it the Super Bowl to play in the championship game there's an embarrassment of we 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 don't have what it takes San Francisco talks about it all the time when I was in Green Bay I was in training camp with them they talked about the Super Bowl every day while I was in training camp there Every single day, the Super Bowl came up. They made it the goal, the objective. It's where you wanted to be. And they talked about it. And so it was open. It was an uh, expectation. And there are some people that don't even bring that up. Yeah. Some teams yeah. Uh, this year would, would, uh, uh, would Jacksonville be talking about the Super Bowl? Shame on you for not talking about it. That's your fault. And if you don't get there, you met your expectation, didn't you? This is, this is crucial for sales, too, because this is the time of year when we start thinking about goals for 2023. Mm-hmm. And most sales professionals do not have written goals. Or they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't want to do worry about it. I don't want to. I know what they're mm-hmm. going to do with my quota for this year. They're going to bump yeah. it 5, 10, 12, whatever it's going to be. Right? Exactly. And they got no chance to make it. So why worry I'll about it? I'll never make it. They yeah. have no idea how hard it is for me to just make the number that I got this year and I was 5% short. So then you become a profit because you just predicted you won't make your quota. And yeah. so you won't. And that's what I want to talk about because I think that there are two kinds of sales professionals in this world. And and I was I was the first kind for many many years the kind who had a, a a cushy job high salary, great commission plan, benefits, and you know great territory, all these accounts, and I would just coast. All right, I wasn't getting very many new accounts. I had no goals to do that. 
All I did was milk the, the current accounts I had, and I was never in control of those opportunities, just whatever the, you know, the, the customer wanted. I would hope that it, what I did made them happy and they would order more. That was it. That's one kind of sales professional. The one who, and there's all kinds of those, those kinds of people who have been selling for 30 years, and all they do is milk their current accounts and, and brag about how great they are. Then there's the other kind who might be six months in sales, might be 30 years or somewhere in between, but they understand high performance. They understand preparation. They understand goal setting. They understand doing the work and then going out and getting the deals. And it's those kinds of folks, that second kind, that we work with. However, sometimes there are both kinds in a, in a, in a company. The company works with us, and they want us to, you know, to make both of those kinds of sales professionals great. <laughs> so you've been in locker rooms. You've been on the field with people who are probably in both categories, right? The ones that are coasting. They've always had the talent. They never had to work hard in high school. Always the best player on the team. Now they have to work to keep their job, and they just don't want to do it, right? Or maybe they have enough talent they can keep their job, even star on Sundays, but they're not really putting in the work. And then you have those that, that, that maybe have marginal talent that really, really excel because they put in the work. So I, I, will, I would like your comments on that. Yeah, Harper. and dare I say also a different type. I'm not uh, disagreeing with you in any way, shape, or form about the two, but we could also probably add in there guys that just don't know how, and they might be a little bit afraid to ask, mm. how do I get better? Because there's some people that can't look at the criticism. They can't look themselves in the mirror and go, you know what, I really am going to be, because if I show my weakness, I might get fired. Or I might yeah. not be wanted anymore, right? whatever. But there, there are plenty of people out there that, gosh, I want to be better. Yeah. I'm going to try, but I just don't know how. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and whether they're uncoachable or whether they're not being coached, and there's a difference there as well. But how do I get to the point where... It's just natural. And mm. what is in me shines in front of my clientele. And I know exactly because I've been through it and I get it. I understand the good, the bad, the ugly. And I receive things. I listen and I do everything. And I now start getting better sales numbers because I'm meeting the customer's need. Um, all of that is inclusive. Yeah, I would agree you with know? you definitely on that. And some of those folks never do ask for help. So they don't know how. So they don't get it. They don't know how. Or yeah. they're afraid to ask because, like I said, they, they think that that will show the weakness that mm. will allow the other new kid, uh, I'll go with him instead of you. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of courage to, quote, unquote, expose yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? And say, here I am. Take me, good, bad, or ugly. Coach me. Work with me. Be honest with me. Tell me what I need to, you know, do I say things? Do I have a habit that just drives everybody nuts yeah. that I don't know that I have. Better know. You, 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 yeah. Absolutely, because when you get in front of a client, they're going to, uh, I'm going to go with the other guy. Yeah. yeah, I like them. Well, in fact, that whole thing about not knowing how to ask or not wanting to ask or being afraid to ask, I always think about the, the, uh, the idea of the, of the professional golfer. Right? Most of the, of the top professional golfers have a coach. Mm -hmm. Well, why do the top ones have a coach? The coach can't beat them. So why do they have a coach? Well, because <laughs> someone's got to tell them. Why did you? Why did you? Why did that ball end up twenty feet short on your chip shot? You didn't follow through. Do you know? Do you know that you didn't follow through? Some guys will go. Uh, I thought I followed through just right, or I just hit it a little fat, or yeah. I thinned it. You know, and, yeah. and so you're trying to perfect what's already as close to perfect as you can get, but just 
keep it going. And uh, um, and technology yeah. helps too these days. And you got technology in sports. There's technology uh, in sales too. People who record their calls and then debrief them. Things like that we can do in in sales. And of course in athletics, you, you can look at the film, right? You can look at the video and you can see compare the video. And I, and I think there's two maybe schools of thought there, right? Do you watch video of when you're going bad or do you watch video of when you were going good or do you do both? You have no choice. You do every week. You watch whatever you've just done. Okay. And coaches will correct the mistakes. They don't want to let you get a big head. And, and so they'll even on there's – there's a story where um, – this was about four or five years ago when Brady was with the uh, Patriots. And I think it was the year that the Falcons were going to play them in the Super Bowl. I, 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 I'm, I'm 99% sure that it was a Houston playoff game, maybe in the wild card. And they had won. But Brady didn't play well. And so they're getting ready for Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. And please forgive me, folks. I'm, I, I'm just off the top of my head trying to remember yes and they asked tom brady at a press conference on a tuesday you know the room is full it's playoffs so there's a lot more people in the room uh tom you look uh you look a little peaked are you okay are you feeling well he goes well you wouldn't be feeling well if you just had the butt chewing that i just had belichick had spent 45 minutes correcting tom's feet his arm angle, his decision-making, everything about He chewed Tom out. Even though they won the game and they had beaten the Texans, he didn't play his best game. Yes. And because he chewed Tom out, and he's the only one probably in that building that would even attempt to do so, Tom realized, I don't have all this thing going on right now. Mm. I've won, at that time, I think he'd won at least five Super Bowls. Yes. He probably can't count them all, right? He know he's run out of fingers for the amount that he has. But he was visibly shaken in front of the press to where everybody knew it. But he had been corrected. He had been coached, so to speak, whether you like it or not. You yeah. need to get better, my friend, or we're going to be in trouble. And Tom absorbed that. He took it upon his shoulders. He played very well against Jacksonville. And then what happened against Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. So I think there's, there's parallels there also to selling. Because I think a lot of times people who use uh, questionable technique and still win the deal, and it happens, right? Because there's millions of sales calls made every day by millions of salespeople. There's always going to be situations where the deal is won, even though the technique was bad. And that's the problem because then the sales professional thinks, well, it's okay if I do it that way because I win. It worked. Yeah. Look at this deal. Look at the size of the – there's two commas in this check. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's not the way we do things here. It's not best practices. It's, it's being coachable. Yeah. Hey, I, I like the way you consider doing that, Dave, but you can't do that anymore. Yeah. That's not the way that we, we operate here. And Brady could have said to Belichick, hey, we won. Come what are you on. talking about? Get off my back. Get, yeah, yeah, Bill, go go yeah. chew somebody else out. Yeah. Go choose someone on defense that gave up so many points. And, and he would have a legitimate argument. But yeah. the leader – is treated differently for a lot of different reasons. They have to be treated differently because there's more expected of them and usually you get more out of them because of that. So thank Tom, if you're a Patriots fan, for him being coachable and being molded even in his, at that point, what was it, 18th, 19th, 20th season? 
and he's still learning stuff. Oh, he's, he's into this day. He's yeah. he's constantly learning. And the the people that I know that are uh, getting gray hair and they got a little wisdom and they're, they're they they almost embrace the wisdom. Gosh, I want to learn something new. Yes, I want. I, I know what works, but there's other ways that work. You know, two plus two is four. I always teach kids when I coach. Two plus two is four. And I'll look at them and I go, "What's two plus two? And they'll tell me, and I'll repeat it. What is it? And they'll say four. Doing the right thing at the right time. Two plus two. Doing the same thing gets you the same results. But I'll also say three plus one is also four. And so is one plus three. So there are different ways of getting the same result. And what you do, the way you hit, the way your stance, the way your, your, your feet are when I'm coaching baseball, it might be a little bit different than the way I would do it. So I want to get the result. I want, I want, to, I want you to get on base. Because when you're on base, that's good. And that's a great result for all of us because the next guy, if he gets on base, we're going to start scoring runs. Mm. But how you do it versus how another person does it, you have to have allow for some flexibility there. And that's where I think athletics and high performance in that can carry over, obviously, into the business yeah. world and, and be effective that way. It does. Yeah, leverage your strengths. You leverage your strengths. Work on your weaknesses, but leverage your strengths. And people disparage, people my age maybe, disparage the younger generations these days in a lot of ways. But I got to tell you, do you have I, a bad nickname for them? Do you call them millennials or dopey millennials you, you or something know, like that? You know, millennials aren't that young anymore. No, they're not. They're growing up. <laughs> yeah, they're someday they're going to want to turn around and punch us in the nose for calling them names all this time. There's that. Yes, <laughs> yes. But but there's a different generation, and they don't do things the same way that that we they do. Don't. They don't communicate the same way that we do. They don't. But I see in them the younger ones a, a willingness to learn that I didn't see maybe in the millennials uh, generation. Can you imagine? If there was texting that existed in our day when we were younger, right? Yeah. The ability to get hundreds of possibly hundreds of millions of people to know what your message is in just a matter of seconds, yeah. that's never existed. So I just said a moment ago, they, they don't communicate the same way, but I'm not saying it's less effective. Right. It's just different. And we need to understand that. I've still written letters to people where I sign it with a pen, a ballpoint pen. That's not the way they communicate. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. Diff- and, different. And, and I need to learn your way to communicate, Mr. Millennial, and you need to learn my way maybe a little bit, and we can kind yeah. of join in the middle somewhere where it's productive for everybody. Yeah, and to that point, we're coming out with a new book called The Modern Buyer's Journey because prospects are different than they were before. Mm-hmm. You know, Prospects now uh, do a lot more research before they ever engage with a sales professional. Whereas, on you, on the on the sales professional, yeah. Yeah, whereas before, when I was coming up in sales, it was always, well, you, you make cold calls, you engage, and then the prospect will then want to do more research with you. These days, they do more research without the sales professional and then decide who they're going to engage with. So it's a whole different buyer's journey, and, in, and those of us in the sales profession need to adjust to that. How many times did you get checked out when you went to visit a client in person where they started with your shoes? And you were judged on the, the how you tied your tie and whether or not you oh, yeah. had any lint on your jacket. You know what I mean? That was a yeah. measure of your professionalism. In today's world, they may not ever meet face-to-face. You're only going to meet either via online or, you know, remotely, yep. which is very interesting. It is. It is. The only travel that hasn't come back since COVID is business travel, to, to your point right there. Most, most, today, most sales calls are, are done by phone. By email, unfortunately, I'm going to talk about that in the Simon Says segment, or in the uh, Ask Al segment. 
uh, and by texting. Zoom or texting yeah. or yeah. yeah, some electronic way, right? Yeah, yeah. It, again, it, I'm not saying it's bad, it, but it is different. It is and, different, and, and we the, have to master it. Right. The old yeah. the old guys yeah. need to say, hey, uh, um, they may not want to read a, a, a letter that I've written by my hand with a Mont Blanc pen. <laughs> they could may may care less about that. Or the fact that you've got Brooks Brothers shoes. Block pens in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, some people have them, you know, and yeah. and uh, that was the way cross pens were, had, were the big I deal for, pens, for, for yeah. me coming yeah. out of high school. That was my graduation gift. I, I had, had one too. Yeah, I did. What yeah. was it, gold or silver? It was gold. Okay, and I also got a slide rule coming out of high school Get graduation. Out. Yeah. I got a calculator, so I guess I'm a little so bit younger. older. Yeah. <laughs> I still have it. My grandmother gave me a calculator, and when she died, I said, that's one thing I'm going to keep of her. So every time I see that calculator, go. I think of her. There you go. But uh, today, yeah, it's all It's all how fast you can type with your thumbs. Yeah, um, it It's okay. Because it uh, if, if that person brings in a bigger deal with two commas than what I'm able to do... Um, provided everything's ethical and all that then boy i better learn how to do it the way that the buyers are buying better do it yeah you gotta learn it better do it so harper this is great i appreciate that my guest harper labelle professional athlete and uh high performance guru this is al simon your host with simon says let's talk business on business radio x and harper if i could sum it up the the major points that i heard you say one was be a goal setter number two was be coachable, and number three was put in the work. Did I get that right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Those are good uh, things. Uh, uh, be coachable. I like being flexible, being be uh, uh, open and able to changing slightly. Because sometimes you're you're going down this path and you want to go straight north, but you go north northwest, and you need to be redirected back into. And don't complain about it. It's you're you're, you're being redirected on uh, because everybody wants you to be better, right? Except you. Sometimes you're the only. No, I do it this way. This is the only Comfort way zone. I did it. My yeah. daddy did it this way. My grandfather did it this yeah. way. That's the way I'm going to do it. It's okay to be. It's okay to be flexible, and, and to get to the get to the goal or the objective. Yeah. Thank you for well, uh, summing that up for me. Well, and and a goal should be to improve. Right. Always to be improving. Never to stand still. We always say. If you're not improving, you're going backwards. There is no status quo. So, again, Harper, thanks for joining us today. Great show. Enjoyed the conversation. And our listeners, I'm sure, picked up on those great points. Uh, set goals. Be coachable. Be flexible. You can get more of uh, Harper if you uh, listen to the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. He's a studio analyst for them. And he's also part of the Georgia State Football Radio Crew. Radio Crew. <laughs> crew. See, I, go ahead. Never anyway. So Harper is with us on a very little sleep because he was uh, with the Georgia State football radio crew uh, until the wee hours of the morning doing his job. So thanks for being here anyway. Appreciate, Appreciate it. That. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, so let's uh, transition now here on uh, Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X to the Ask Al segment. Uh, we always do a, a sales tip of some kind. We have listeners that that send me their sales questions. And so if you've got a question that you'd like me to answer about sales or sales management, uh, send it to me at al.simon at sandler.com. And I just might pick your question to read and answer here on the air. So today's question comes from a, a listener, Stacy, who emails, I emailed a follow-up to my prospect. 
to see if there are any questions that I could answer since they had, hadn't responded yet after I sent the proposal two weeks ago. And when I sent the email, the follow-up email, the reply was, we'll get back with you when we are ready. <laughs> what should I do? CCS, what should I do? Well, we'll get back to you when we are ready. That's the, that's the old, uh, don't call me, I'll call you, <laughs> which is uh, in sales, it is danger zone. And so, Stacy, I got to say, you're screwed, okay? You are screwed here because this is really hard to fix, but the, the, the antidote is much better. So going forward, let's not do some of the things that obviously you did that got you into this problem. First of all, you said you sent the proposal. Well, my question to you would be, why didn't you take them through the proposal live, either via Zoom or phone call at the very least, if not face-to-face, -face, as Harper was talking about? Why don't we do these things other, other ways versus sending over an email a proposal? Because if you just send that proposal, you can't get their initial reaction. You can't have a give and take. You can't really talk through the issues and the um, value proposition. So present your proposals live, folks. Do that. Uh, that eliminates the chase because after you, you present your, your proposal live, then you can set the clear expectations of what needs to happen next, by whom and by when, and then make sure that that is really going to happen and that you've got a backup plan in case it doesn't. The second mistake I see from what you sent in, Stacy, is you said, I emailed a follow-up that follow-up thing you know it follow-up follow-up is a valid strategy for salespeople obviously as long as you have an appointment to do so but if you're following up checking in touching base circling back <laughs> with prospects without an appointment to do so you're only a pest the prospect sees you as a pest they go well you don't have a good reason to be emailing me today al so all you're doing is hoping today's the day that i tell you you got my business and I'm working on stuff. I'm busy. So they think of you as a pest that way. So don't email follow-ups without an appointment. you got to be able to do that. And, uh, and really, the bottom line here is let's not rely on email. I mean, seriously, email is good for, you know, documenting a live conversation, for confirming appointments, for getting the document to multiple people at once, to sending a link out, things like that that uh, email is good for. But it's terrible for those critical pieces of a sales process. And let's face it, most steps in a sales process are critical. Let's have live conversations. So Stacy, you're screwed, sorry, but going forward, you're gonna get this right, I know you will. And that's the, the Ask Al tip of the day. This has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business, your host Al Simon with Sandler. Thank you, Harper LaBelle. And everybody, as always, good selling.